our beloved chiropractic profession faces challenges like never before. These challenges come from not only outside the profession, but also from within. Hi, I'm Dr. Bobby Braille, and I've had the opportunity to see this profession as a practitioner, a teacher, an administrator, and a politician. In my over 40 years in chiropractic, I've just about seen it all. Join me on Cairo Rants for an honest and no-holds-barred discussion about all aspects of chiropractic practice, politics, education, and philosophy. We'll talk about subjects that most only want to whisper about, and we'll interview the leaders in our profession to get some straight-up answers. If you're looking for a politically correct chiropractic discussion, this is not the place. Welcome to Cairo Rants. Hello and welcome to Cairo Rants. This is Dr. Bobby Braille. And today's rant, I want to do a little bit of uh, discussion, both historically and currently, about a subject that may well seem a little self-serving, but that's probably because I'm very interested in it. And it has to do with patient education and what we're saying and not saying to the general public. Um, the reason it might be sounding a little self a little self-serving is because I own the company. Uh, I'm the co-founder and, and co-owner of the now you know the internet educational company. But the reason that I even got into that is because I'm so passionate about what today's subject is, and that is patient education. So so let me first start with a little historical information and a little bit about where I'm at with this. Um, when I was a chiropractic student, seeming like a millennia ago, well, actually back in the, in the 70s, um, I spent some time going to other chiropractors' offices to hear their lay lecture, their what we call doctor's report or their orientation. And basically what that was is that the new patients were brought together and they would do a class anywhere from, I would guess, around a half an hour to an hour and about five or ten minutes or so of educating people of the new patients in their office about chiropractic. And I, I thought it was impressive and a necessity to do so. Uh, people knew so little about chiropractic that the idea of teaching them something, especially as they're starting care, I thought was invaluable. So one of the things I and several of my classmates did early on is we practiced doing our doctor's reports, our patient education, our orientations to each other while we were in school. And part of that was getting over the fear of uh, speaking in public. And part of that, well, even though it was a small group, but part of that was also, what are you going to say? How are you organizing your thoughts, your educational process? Well, I graduate New York Chiropractic College in 1978. And I have a probably a couple of months lapse, maybe only a month and a half or so before I have to take a Florida boards in order to get a Florida license back then. And uh, I spend equal times on purpose, one, studying for the board, and two, creating my orientation, my doctor's report, my lay lecture. And I did it on purpose because I realized that when I'm done with the board, I am probably never going to look at that information again that I had to study for for the board. But I'm going to be doing a doctor's report for the rest of my professional life. And the honest reality is that has been correct. From the time I opened my practice until just this past week, 
I've done doctor's reports to new patients. Um, they're much different now than they were before, but they're actually still almost an hour long. Uh, sometimes they're a little over an hour, sometimes they're 10, 15 minutes less than an hour. The information, however, is pretty much the same. Uh, the presentation process has been upgraded. And, and to give you a little history of how I started doing this, when I started my doctor's reports, I decided I wasn't going to do a flip chart where you draw, you know, magic marker and you draw on a piece of paper and you flip it over and you draw on the next one. And guys used to draw the brain and the nervous system and then draw, you know, the birth process, something like that. But the thing about it is most chiropractors are not artists and therefore the drawings look very amateuristic. Well, to help with that, there were seminars out there that actually created the posters for you. And you could buy a set of flip charts and then flip them yourself. And some of them had the clear overalls where you could use a dry erase marker and, you know, add your little stuff to it as you were going. And that was one step up. But when I started, I decided I was going to do full AV at the time. So I actually created a slides, 35 millimeter slides and had a carousel projector and a screen that I pulled down on the other side of the office. And my original screen was actually a white window shade, but uh, a wide one, but eventually I bought a screen. And that's how I started. A carousel projector with a long cord so I can print the button, it would chunk, and the next slide would come up and I would talk about it. And I got pictures out of textbooks that I wanted. I got pictures that I drew as best I could. Uh, text was like typing and taking a close picture of it. But that was the best that was available. And eventually I had a patient who said I could make those slides professionally. And he did. And they were even better. Well, one day as I uh, further on in practice and I actually moved to Georgia, um, someone said, you know, they make a program called PowerPoint where you could make those. And so since then, I have worked on PowerPoints, and for a while it was a projector. Now it's a large screen TV in my, in my uh, waiting room, which I call my education room for a reason. And I've updated that PowerPoint dozens and dozens of times. In fact, I updated it just two weeks ago before I did my last presentation because I like to keep it fresh. Although some of the basic information doesn't change, I change the graphics, I change the layout, I change the fonts, I change some colors. Um, sometimes I change the imagery that's not essential to the, uh, you know, like the anatomical imagery, I really can't, but some of the imagery that's not essential to the actual, you know, picture, uh, but it conveys the message, I change that, you know, pictures of people or stuff like that. So I'm always working on updating the information. And... You know, I've always been about educating people on chiropractic, both in my office and outside my office. Uh, I know so many chiropractors gave up on doing doctor's reports. One, because they couldn't get people to go. Well, it's a requirement in my office. You want my care, you come to the doctor's report. Or they were afraid of speaking in public, or they didn't know what to say. And... You know, I always thought education was so important that to me, this was the most important visit they could have. So I, it was a requirement in my office that you came to it. Now, that was only one part of the educational offering that we pushed and did in the beginning of our, of, of our practice. Um, we also started newsletters. And in the beginning, the newsletters were me typing things up and getting 
information from other places and maybe a reprint of an article and then taking it down to the printer who would print up so many copies of it. I would fold them up, get a bulk mailing permit and mail them out. And that became rather expensive as time went on, hundreds of dollars a month to do that uh, because you were mailing out physical pieces of mail that you had to print and then mail. But I thought it was important to have the information out there. I thought it was important to tell the chiropractic story. And I'll tell a little story related to that um, that happened to me and a fellow chiropractor of mine. I must have been in practice, oh, I would say five or six years at that point. And I was seeing a whole bunch of people. We were very busy volume practice down there in Florida. And I had a young chiropractor who had purchased another practice come to me and say, you know, Bob, my practice I, that I purchased here hasn't really grown from when I practiced it. And you're so busy. Can you like give me some pointers? And I, you know, I've never been into coaching. I never, you know, wanted to start coaching. But I said I'll come over and help you. You know, I'll be happy to come over and give you some pointers. So I closed my office at seven. His open office was open till eight p.m. So one evening I drove by his office. It was on the way to my house uh, after I had closed, and I just stopped in his office. And at that point, there were no patients. He was pretty much finished. He was in the back with the last patient, I guess, or doing paperwork or something or other. And there was a front desk person over there. And so I walked in, and she didn't really greet me. She didn't know who I was, but, you know, didn't, you know, say hello. Just looked kind of inquisitively because I was obviously not on the appointment book, and she didn't know who I am. So I walk over, and I sign in on the sign-in list, which you had back then. And she looks at it, and then you know, kind of has an odd look on her face and goes back to the filing cabinet looking for, you know, Bobby Braille is what I signed in as. And obviously I'm not in the file. I'm not a patient, you know. And I'm looking around the waiting room area and I notice a bunch of magazines on one of the tables there, like Field and Stream and Outdoors and hunting and fishing and stuff like that. So I gather up all these magazines and I walk over to the front uh, desk area and they have one of those little windows and I hand the magazines through the window to the woman who's back then. I says, can you put these over there on that shelf? And she looks at me like, why are you handing me my magazines? But she complies, takes them, puts them on the shelf. And by that point, I go over and I grab a whole bunch of other time and look and all the magazines that were out that time and gathered all them up. And I, I hand, can you put these with the other ones? And she looks at me like, now she's getting a little worried and, and like, uh, okay and takes the magazines and puts them over there. Now, on the wall of his waiting room, there was this big picture hanging mural of this beautiful scene of a pond, a golden pond, and, a, and you know, reeds, and it was really beautiful looking, and there was a duck flying across it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I will have nothing on my wall, said quacks. You know, so I took the painting off the wall and I walk and I start to slide it around the door. She says, can you stick this? Now this woman's starting to freak out. Oh, okay. And she grabs the thing and runs into the back, obviously to grab the doctor. And seconds later, he comes out like, like you know, all upset. What's going on? And it's Bob. And at that point, I've cleared his office out. I took all his paintings down and, you know, all his magazines were gone. And he says, what'd you do? I said, well, you asked me for your help, and, and, you know, I thought, I came over here, and I said, if I want to learn about chiropractic, I have to go to my office. If I want to learn outdoors and, you know, fishing and hunting, I come to yours. Is that right? And he got the message. I have had nothing in my office ever that didn't talk about or educate people on chiropractic. 
from the posters on the wall to the magazines at the table to the pamphlets. Uh, back then, we had a wall full of pamphlets on chiropractic that we would hand out. Everything we did was about educating people about chiropractic, people who were there and here for people you know. Fast forward. We now get into the 90s, and this new thing comes out called the Internet. And with the Internet comes something called websites and emails. Ooh. Now we have a way of communicating with people that we didn't have before. And so I'm in my office and, you know, I, I was making up newsletters the old-fashioned way and I realized that, wow, about half of my patients is back then have email addresses. So I started to collect their email addresses. And I made an email newsletter because at this point printing and mailing became very expensive. And I made up an email newsletter and I mailed it out to them. And you know what? They responded to me. Now, granted, it was a very basic newsletter because I didn't know how to do, you know, uh, imagery or any of that stuff on a news and an email. But I created the articles and stuff about different aspects of chiropractic and things. And they responded and they actually emailed me back. Great article, Doc. Where'd you get, you know, that kind of stuff. And Innate kind of gave me a little thought flash about other chiropractors would want this and don't know how. So immediately, and the newsletter, by the way, was titled Now You Know. So immediately, guess what? The company now, you know, had just at that point been started. And uh, Dr. B.J. Harmon helped me get it going and uh, Steve Zabo. And we started this thing. And very shortly after that, we got a question. Uh, do you guys do websites? Because that was brand new, too. Nobody had a website. And we said, yes, in a month. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, because I was at that point trying to work on one for my office. And we created that company, now you know. Now, the main purpose of the website and the newsletter I was doing was to put together educational material that the patients could have and the community without having to print it out. In other words, I no longer needed you know pamphlets in the office. I still had some at that point, but it was no longer becoming a necessity because now I could email people. I no longer had to worry about how many pamphlets and which ones because everything I wanted, I could actually put pages on a website about that educational material, about that experience, about everything you needed to know about chiropractic. And so out of the passion for it, I started building content for my website, which eventually became morphed into content for every other chiropractor's website that we were dealing with as chiropractors were beginning to sign up with our, our services. And it got to the point where, I mean, if I look at today's, I'm, I happen to be staring at my website right now, there's over a thousand pages of information and article on chiropractic on the website. And under no place else do I see that volume of information. Now, what started to take place, you know, years ago, we ran um, ads in the yellow pages. And initially, they were very successful. Initially, people would come in on that. And as time went on, we spent more and more and got less and less out of that. Until finally, it says, forget about it. That's not where we're going to put our money. And, you know, we're about educating people. The problem I see today is chiropractors are starting to, well, not starting to, they are almost exclusively using their websites and their online presence, whether it be in social media, 
as a here I am, a yellow page ad from the old days or a billboard. The problem is people have heard the word chiropractic. I mean, you got these chains out there advertising come to a chiropractor, but the reality is other than it makes you feel good, what else are they educating the people on? Are they explaining how health is benefited overall? Is there any explanation whatsoever? In a, my experience with, from what I see in the outside in on these chains is that that's not what's happening here. They're competing for the same slice of people that chiropractors have been competing for, you know, feel a little bit better, help you. And, you know, for those out there who think it's back and neck, that's what they're getting anyway. But there's no real change your life, change your health, Think of all the different problems and health issues you have that can be affected by subluxation and a properly functioning nerve system so your body can improve in overall wellness and the quality of your life. That message is not really getting out there. And that bothers me because, and it's the purpose of my rant today on this podcast, was that because I'm looking at too many chiropractors who are interested in getting their name out there, which is important, but it's, I'm a chiropractor, here I am, come see me, I take insurance or I'm cheap or I have a discount or something, without backing it up with educational material. We no longer have offices filled with the trifold pamphlets. That's kind of a gone the way, all righty? I don't know any offices that have that kind of, well, there might be a few, but I just don't know of any, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't see a lot of sales on that stuff are available in chiropractic. I don't see any boots on that. But I also don't see the educational quality going into people's websites. You know, you can create a website for almost very little money today, um, but you'd have to create all the content yourself or steal it. That's not cool either. But you'd have to create all the content yourself. And, you know, most chiropractors don't have the time, resource, or ability to create large volumes of information educating people about chiropractic. And it's not just about, you know, where you get yourself on a search engine, because if, you know, people look at your website and all they see is you're a chiropractor, come see me. Well, if they were looking for a chiropractor and you're local and you're affordable, they might come see you. But you're not going to be competing with people who were thinking about going to the hospital or thinking about going to the orthopedist or thinking about going to the medical doctor or thinking about whether or not they want to take those drugs that they've been given you're not getting that. We're not educating people on that. And, and you want some simple proof of how we're not winning that battle? <clears throat> Ask yourself a simple question. Is the public taking more medication now than they were before? Ha, that's an easy one. Yes. Is more of the population taking medicine? Yes. When I started practice in 1978 and in the 80s when, uh, you know, supposedly insurance was covering chiropractic better than it is now. You know, and we were saying, wow, more people are going to chiropractors. We were trying to make the argument that we're cutting into people taking drugs, drug-free life, you know, less people getting surgery. Remember, remember the old thing, chiropractic first, medicine second, surgery last? Well, have we improved upon that in what we're offering to the public today? And, and I would rant, no. I would rant more people think drugs first today than they did back then. Now, there are some spectacular individual practices, and they're doing their part. But is the overall community, even from those practices, 
seeing a difference? Is the community taking less medications now than they were a decade ago? And I'll argue no. <laughs> Are we having less problems with op opioids now than we were you know, two decades ago? No. Now, the problem of opioids itself is beginning to be recognized, so maybe there's a dent in that, but it had nothing to do with chiropractic. I can assure you of that. Even though there's research out there showing that people in the chiropractic are less likely to take opioids. Scientific data research out there. And I've written on it. It's certainly on my website. It's in our newsletter. But I wonder how many chiropractors, other than mentioning it, or maybe they linked it to a social media post, are really doing, you know, have the effort. Is it, is it out there? Is it something you can find? All right. You know, I, I'm just going to go through here just for a second because I just feel like it. Um, I have an icon called Sports and Chiropractic, so I'm going to hit it. And here we have about athletes' performances and a link to different articles about professional athletes and even search under performance. I'm looking on my website here for the, the various articles here. Surfers seek perform, uh, peak performance, chiropractic care for human performance, Masters tournaments, British Open Championship, Super Bowl, Harris Bowl, 81% of chiropractic effective for athletes, chiropractic in Super Bowl. You know, these are informational pieces and articles, uh, some of them based on science, some of them based on case study, some of them based on things in the popular press that are positive to chiropractic, hockey players. But what I don't see is most chiropractors pushing the information out there. Can you imagine if, if 50,000 chiropractors decided tomorrow we were all going to start using you know, the online experience to push chiropractic information. What would that do on an overall basis to the population here in the United States, especially, you know, understanding chiropractic? If all of a sudden there was this flood of information out there, you know, about chiropractic and how it helps people with a whole variety of issues. And I'm not trying to say chiropractic treats stuff because those who know me know me that's not how we roll. And that's not also what my articles say, but it says chiropractic for people with these problems, these people do better. You know, they benefit from it. Um, certainly the case studies that are out there showing that, you know, and I'll just pick one off the top of my head, like migraine headaches, you know, resolved under chiropractic. And if I actually, if I type in migraine headaches, I'll probably come up with, I don't know how many articles here, but let me just test it for a second. Migraine all right, migraines, and I hit search in our search database that's on ours here. And 32 different articles that fit into that category. Of chronic migraines and neck pain help with chiropractic. That's probably a case study. Chiropractic care solution for migraines. That's probably not. Can chiropractic help with migraines? Resolution of severe migraines following chiropractic. Chiropra uh, chronic migraine headaches help with chiropractic. Case study. You know, a, a whole bunch of different things. And that's just one subject. But are we getting the message out there? You know, a patient mentions they have something. We have an article on that. We automatically email it to them. You know, or we actually bring them up to a kiosk we have with this database here and, and show them that or have them find it. I mentioned that in my doctor's report by using our kiosk. But as an educational offering, are we educating people or are we just reinforce, reinforcing what they already thought they knew? You know, as a profession, I would argue, even from the big change of things, we're just reinforcing, you know, that uh, chiropractic can help you feel better if you got back and neck pain, you can be a little more active. All right, what about the huge effects it has on, on life and life-saving? What about the miracles in chiropractic? Are we just like ignoring all of those? 
We're not talking about them. I mean, I, I, in my articles, we do because they get cataloged and we put them in articles and they go in our newsletter and they're searchable on our website. But what about all the miracles that, you know, that we're missing because as a profession, we're not, we're not you know, pushing out there the information about how great chiropractic is. I mean, are we even mentioning the word subluxation anywhere in our offices? Now, you go around my office and all the posters are chiropractic. You go into the room, there's a big picture of a subluxation. I know a lot of you chiropractors have one of those or some version of that. But are we following that up beyond just the experience in the office? And I know chiropractors have always said, well, I educate them one-on-one. -on -one. Well, that's great until you get busy. <laughs> or if you get busy, can you do that? You can't. you can't. You can't give them the level of education. That's one of the arguments that's always been made for doing a doctor's report the way we do it. Um, we had one, uh, let's see, a week ago we had a, a gentleman in there who, and he had been to chiropractors before. And this is the thing, oh yeah, I know all about chiropractics. They usually can't say it, right? Uh, because I've been going, you know, most of my, I've been going for years and years and years. And then sure enough, I look and, it, you know, it's been spotty on and off years and years and years. Whenever they thought they needed one and it hurt, so they went and got popped. You know, and then they come to my doctor's report and says, I can't believe nobody told me that. I never knew all of that. And wow, that was like so informative, you know. And the reality is, how come somebody else didn't tell them that? How come they didn't get all of the information? How come they don't do that? You know, we still give doctor's reports today. And I, I tell you, as I get older, it gets a little harder. You put it out there, you're giving the whole performance. And then at the end of the night, you're tired, you know. It's like probably an old rock and roller who goes out there and does his show, and at the end of that show, he's enthused to do it, and he's loving it up, and the crowd's into it, but at the end, he's probably beat, you know? Um, as I can tell when I've done my lecture and ran around my office, because I try to bring as much energy as I can to doing that doctor's report, because it is basically a performance. It's an educational performance. i got to put my heart and soul into that puppy. And, you know, it's not like I don't know what I'm going to say, because I have a PowerPoint presentation. I can't deviate too much from the basic message. I can add stories or delete stories within that. So I have some latitude, but the information that I've got on that PowerPoint's got to come across. So that doesn't change. The minimal time I can probably do it in is about 38 minutes if I cut out every extra story I, I, that that's in that presentation. And I've gone an hour and five recently. So, you know, it just depends upon, you know, what mood I'm in, how long that thing goes for. But I can't see not telling that story. And even though I do that, I still get patients who down the line, so many visits, I realize they've forgotten a lot of it. Okay, my job's to reinforce it. But at least I've given it to them. The reinforcements, a lot of times, it's on my website. I have portions of my doctor's reports that have been altered so they fit within the, the realm of what would be a start-to-finish story on its own but short videos on different portions of my website, uh, my doctor's report, made up specifically for that purpose, that are embedded onto my website. Um, certainly the articles that have been written over the years that I've written, the, the thousands of them, are cataloged within the web, my website and every other chiropractor who's got Now You Know website as well. Uh, so it's searchable that way. But why are we passing up on the ability to educate people in a large way. You know, the internet gave us a great tool. 
it gave us the ability to put information out there that we could never get out in such a large array. Now, you know, the challenge today is, okay, well, there are so many people using it and so much information. Right, you have to direct people to it. <laughs> that part didn't change. You know, it's not like you put the phone book out and hope people run across it because you don't really direct people back in the day. You don't direct people to your phone book. Hey, go check out my phone book ad. It'll tell you all about it. First of all, phone book ads didn't tell you all about it. But secondly, you never did that. You know, you hand out your business card, but you handed out your business card. Now you're being at your business card. You got your phone number and your website on there. And you want to continually push that, but push it with your patience. Is it is it on things in your office that push them to your website, if they get there, is there a mechanism, and by that I mean the educational value, for them to send somebody else there to get educated on chiropractic? Is your social media educating people on chiropractic? Or is it just, we're running a special, or you know we did a nice thing at our office, which is nothing wrong with that, by the way, but you're missing an opportunity. I mean, you know, if you're all dressed in bunny suits because it's Easter, great, but you're missing an opportunity. You know, are you putting links to your case studies on there? Is a feed, you know, um, you know, we do a blog and, uh, and, it, and well, we do a blog, but we also do the, the, a podcast. We have Cairo Rants, but I also do a Health Rants podcast, which is linked into my website so that people could hear the topic that I'm discussing there and also listen to it on the website and or then go, hey, I want to download this and start listening to it, you know, on my iPhone or whatever. So... I always cross information. If you know, if you have a piece of information, use it in as many places as you can. And the more activity you give it, the more people are going to see it, the more excited they're going to get about it. And that's basically what my rant is today. We are passing up the opportunity to educate people because we think we're going to advertise or market to them. And, you know, marketing to them only gets you a certain percentage because it only gets you people who already been thinking about going to a chiropractor and what you want to do is snag them up as opposed to the guy up the street getting them, a guy or gal up the street getting them. And great, you know, but are you getting people who've never been to a chiropractor? Are you changing people's lives? Are the ones who are coming in bringing in their families and their children and their babies because, wow, I didn't know that. I got to bring my kids in here, you know? I mean, our biggest referral for families is our doctor's report. One person comes in, uh, can I bring my wife in, my husband, or can I bring my kids in? Well, yes, that was the purpose, <laughs> you know, is to make sure they understand about chiropractic to the point where they'd want to bring somebody else with them. You know, there was the old saying in chiropractic, if they knew what you knew, they would do what you do. You know, as a chiropractor, I cannot foresee the idea of not being under chiropractic care or my family not being under chiropractic care. Uh, just about two hours ago, I, I get checked every week for subluxation. I don't get adjusted every week, but I do get checked every week. And two hours ago, I got checked. Uh, I had a, a doctor who comes in occasionally. I have been checked by my interns and adjusted by my interns. They're all very good. But I knew this doctor who I'd known for many years was coming in. He's an upper cervical guy, and he does kale work. And uh, I, I knew he was coming in today, so I, I wanted to wait let him check me. And sure enough, you're, you're out, Doc. You need to be adjusted. Great. In his case, he, I got down knee chest on a, on a bench table because I don't do knee chest in my office here. So we kind of had to, uh, you know, do something to get it to work. And uh, um, got my atlas adjusted kale. 
Whoa, whoa, what an experience. You know, I, I didn't know I was necessarily out until he checked me. But man, I could tell the difference after I got adjusted. Wow, the power's on. I didn't know it was off that much, to be honest. You know, it's kind of a subtle thing. Uh, but I felt great. I had more energy. I, like the lights went on. Great. Imagine if the rest of the world knew that. I could not foresee going and not getting the rest of my life, getting my atlas checked and, you know, the rest of my spine when, I, when, I, when it gets checked done. I just can't foresee not being under chiropractic care. I can't foresee my grandchildren not coming to me. Grandpa, could you check my neck? <laughs> wow. You know, you know, it's like my wife. Yeah, I want to get adjusted. She'll, you know, at the end of the night, walk over to my card. Because of how tired I am, you're checking me last. Okay. You know, got to get adjusted. I can't foresee that. Now, I understand something. It's not because I'm a chiropractor. Because if I ever retire from active practice, I'm still wanting to get adjusted. Or at least checked every week. I'll find some way to do it. You know, it won't be an intern in my office if I don't have an office, but I'm not, I'm not not getting chiropractic. I want my people to be like that. And a lot of my patients are like that, but I want the general population to be like that. You know, years ago, the activist comedian Dick Gregory, uh, when he was lecturing, he's a big chiropractic advocate. He said, once the public finds out what you guys really do, they'll hold your office open by gunpoint. That was a quote from him. And I, I remember hearing him speak. And I thought about that, and I says, you know, I don't know about the gunpoint thing, but yeah, I want my family to come in here. Don't wait. Don't you close those doors yet. If, they, if even a small percentage of the population understood it the way we did and said, yeah, I want to get my spine checked, my nervous system checked once a week, every chiropractor in the country would be seeing, you know, 500 to 1,000 patients a week. You wouldn't have anything, you, you wouldn't have any time to do anything but check spines and adjust when necessary, you know? And that's the kind of, we don't need just a few practicing big volumes. We need every practicing large amounts of people. We want to make a dent in how many people are taking drugs. Let's educate the people about that. Let's educate the people about how chiropractic is an alternative to that. Let's educate the people about, you know, their kids coming in and getting subluxations corrected. Let's educate the people about Elderly people being able to do, you know, do be able to do a whole lot better and not be dependent on medications. You know, I don't take people off medication. I make it so that they don't need them anymore, and then they go get themselves off through whoever that was giving it to them. You know, hey doc, I don't need this anymore. And chances are the medical doc says you're right. Let's not give it to you anymore. How easy was that? You know, I don't tell people to stop taking medication. I say go go see the guy who gave it to you. Ask him if you need it anymore. And you know what? So many times they say no. You know, yeah, you don't need that anymore. You're doing really good. Great, you know. But I want to win that battle. I'm not competing against the chiropractor up the street. I'm competing against the hospital in the town. I'm competing against all the drug and pharmacies all over the place. I mean, look at look at how many pharmacies there are. There are more pharmacies than chiropractors. Something wrong with that, you know. And they're serving more people than we are per person, even in our busiest practices. You look at any given hospital in a community, unless it's a really, really small community, and you realize that that hospital costs more to build, takes in more than our finest, biggest chiropractic colleges. There's something wrong with that. There's something seriously wrong with that. And part of the problem is we have to accept the responsibility to educate the people. Yes, we want to build a practice, but it's, it's not actually mutually exclusive marketing or education. 
It's inclusive. Education is your marketing. <laughs> Educate people about chiropractic. Don't just make it about telling them you're there and what you do. Make it about telling them what chiropractic can do to change their life and their family's lives. So my rant today was about education, about chiropractic education, how we're missing out on that. And we need to be doing more of it. And granted, it may sound self-serving because, you know, my Now You Know company is all about that. We are an online educational company. It does websites and email newsletters and things. It sponsors this podcast. But to me, I would have been doing that if I didn't have the company. If I never started Now You Know, I still was doing it before and I still would have been doing it now. Because I believe so strongly you got to change the world by educating people. Not just tell them you're there, educate them. So thank you for listening to my rant today, and uh, have a wonderfully educative day on chiropractic. Thank you for listening to Chiro Rants. Subscribe for free and listen to insightful, truthful, and hard-hitting discussions with some of the biggest names in chiropractic. Chiro Rants is sponsored in part by Now You Know Online and in-office educational services. Learn how to expand your educational outreach to your patients and your community at www.nowyouknow.net. The opinions of Cairo Rants are exclusively those of Dr. Braille and do not reflect the opinions of any associations, groups, institutions, or sponsors mentioned in these podcasts. This has been Cairo Rants.